Hey, it's Brian, and the big day is not so far off. I know that the Christmas season this year has been different in a lot of ways, and that Christmas itself will be too. It's just the reality that we're collectively living through at the moment, and that moment will pass. And not to try to make light of the situation, but I do suspect that Christmas of 2020 will create lots of unique, if not necessarily pleasant, memories that'll last a lifetime and be retold in the years to come and handed down the generations. You know, when I started Christmas Pass back in 2016, I had a pretty simple vision. To create a show that took our familiar Christmas traditions and made them feel fascinating and surprising. And to create a uniquely warm and nostalgic feeling by sharing Christmas memories submitted by people from all over the world. That first year when I was just starting out, it was an uphill battle to get people to submit memories. The next year, 2017, I received so many that I had to release a bonus episode just to play all the extras. And it's been that way ever since. So now, for the fourth year in a row, I'm presenting to you an episode dedicated just to you and your Christmas memories. There's a lot of things I love about producing Christmas Past. It keeps me in the spirit year-round. I get to talk to lots of interesting people. I learn a lot. But sharing your memories is the thing I love most of all. And I want to let you know that there is still time to send me a memory. I would love nothing more than to publish a second or even third or fourth episode just like this sometime before the big day. And just in case you need a reminder, all you have to do is record a voice memo into your phone and send it to christmaspasspodcast at gmail.com. Just try to keep it reasonably short, clean and family friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Well, let's not waste another moment. You know, many of us encounter our first sights and sounds of the season in the aisles of our favorite stores. Even before the Halloween candy is cleared from the shelves, the decorations and Christmas cards and popcorn tins are out on display. Say what you will about commercialism and Christmas creep, I say Christmas items on the store shelves are just as much a part of the atmosphere of Christmas as lights strung up on houses. And if you're ever in the mood for a dose of that kind of Christmas spirit even earlier, there's a kind of place that those in the know can go like John from Cincinnati does. One of my favorite things to do in about June is when I'm longing for Christmas, I go to a local craft store, um, whether it be Michael's or Hobby Lobby, you name it. Uh, And as soon as I walk in, if I go to the left in the store, there goes, they go through each season. So it goes to fall, to Thanksgiving, and then to Christmas, and I'll just walk through each aisle, experiencing the smells, the sounds, and the, uh, the textures, everything about the seasons coming up, and I'll get excited, and then suddenly I hit Christmas, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's start Christmas. Uh, so uh, if you are looking for a way to keep Christmas throughout the year, that's my best suggestion. Now, I've said many times before that I grew up in New England, Stoughton, Massachusetts to be exact, and so you might think that I've seen my share of white Christmases. Well, not exactly. I think I remember only one or two, maybe three. The snow doesn't really start coming down in force in Massachusetts until January, and while white Christmases aren't unheard of, they're actually not very common. So when they do happen, they feel like a special treat, and that's something that Chris in London can relate to. It's my mum's birthday on Christmas Day, so it's a pretty special day regardless um, of, of it being Christmas. But my probably my earliest Christmas memory is one, one time over in London here. We had um, a lovely, snowy, 
massively snowy white Christmas. Um, and I just remember getting up very early in the morning, looking out the window, thinking it doesn't usually snow over in Christmas. So to, to see the snow was amazing. And then I must have been about 10 or 11 years old at that point. And then sort of having breakfast with my family and then, and then going into open presents was, you know, it was just a fantastic day. But, you know, every year is a special day. As I said, it's my mother's birthday. So, yeah. Anyways, keep up the good work. For all you football fans, or soccer as we call it on this side of the Atlantic, you might want to check out Chris's podcast called Three Kicks Podcast. Check out this episode's show notes for a link. Now ask people what Christmas means to them, and you'll probably hear some of the same things over and over. The sights, the sounds, the gifts. But probably more than any other, you'll hear family and food. And if you come from a typical family, whatever that is, no doubt there's one family member who defines the very spirit of Christmas and family love. And that's what's on the mind of Gerald in Michigan in this Christmas memory. Christmas for me and for my family when I was growing up in Philadelphia, which is where I'm from, was all about family. And those Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners were true events. I'm talking, there would be upwards of 40 people in our house at some, you know, at various periods. And we would have all kinds of meats, uh, turkey, ham, uh, chicken, uh, roast beef, you name it, it was on our dinner table. And let's not talk about the desserts. But the conductor of that great symphonic composition of food and the coming together of of family members was my grandmother. My grandmother truly was the heart and soul of my family. And I had the pleasure and honor of having 12 Christmases with her before she passed away. She died in 1979. And one thing that I remember all the time as she was cooking, I remained at her side. That memory of being with her and sharing that moment with her, cooking for her family, that was true love. And that was her love language, cooking for her family. And boy, could she do it. And I am so thankful that I had the opportunity to sit and stand next to her. That's Christmas to me. Yes, as Gerald reminds us, Christmas has much to do with the comforts and familiarity of home, but it can also be a time for novel experiences. I've been lucky enough to see different parts of the world either on Christmas Day or at least during the Christmas season, places that include India, the Bahamas, and Iceland. I've never been to Denmark, but goodness knows I've eaten plenty of those Danish butter cookies that you see out at Christmas time. You know those ones that come in the blue tin? Well, anyway, Claudia has seen a few Danish Christmases. After all, she lives there. I want to tell you the story about the first time I came to visit Denmark in 1999. My then boyfriend, now husband, had invited me to come to Denmark from California to visit his family for Christmas. Um, he had to. He came early, and I had to stay back and come later because I had a wedding. So I was on my own on the flight. But when um, I was going to get on the flight, I had met a Danish woman who also was living in California. And she decided that she needed to teach me how to say Merry Christmas in Danish. So what she was teaching me sounds like this. Glelyul. 
that's not a very easy thing to say for American speakers, and uh, so I had a hard time trying to get it right. So she made sure that I practiced on the flight. Uh, we weren't sitting near each other, but every time she got up to walk around, she would come by and she would indicate to me that I needed to try it out. And I would say some garbled version like Galeli Yule, and it didn't sound good, but that's what she was teaching me. So uh, I think there was a layover in Frankfurt and then got on a commuter plane, a little pedal jumper, in pretty windy weather. And by the time we landed, it had been a rough flight and, of course, a lot of hours, and I was very tired and a little shook up. And we make the drive back to his parents' house. And they greet me and they say, welcome, and they also say, go you. And that is another way to say Merry Christmas in Danish, which I did not know and is clearly a lot easier than Glelli Yul. So that was my first introduction to speaking Danish and saying Merry Christmas in Danish. For so many of us, one of the special things about Christmas is the feeling of warmth and familiarity that comes from a good old-fashioned homecoming. Sometimes those homecomings entail a few hours drive by car, and sometimes there's a little more work involved. Whoever said that getting there is half the fun probably hasn't met Kurt in Missouri. Almost 50 years ago, 1973, I was uh, graduating from high school. I had been appointed to the U.S. Naval Academy. I was leaving in July for plebe summer, and so we stayed in uh, Annapolis, Maryland for July, August, September, October, November, and the first time we're able to go home is a few days before Christmas. So I was looking very, very much forward to it. Christmas is a big deal in our family and uh, wanted to be there uh, in the worst way. So had my uh, plane tickets flying out of Baltimore, Maryland into St. Louis, got to the airport on the 23rd and uh, went up and the lady said, oh, I'm sorry, your flight's been canceled. Um, and so I was very disappointed. I said, what are you talking about? She said, it's snowing in St. Louis. Uh, it snowed for the last day or so and there's uh, all the, the planes can't get out and no planes can get in. So uh, very, very disappointed, very depressed. I called my parents and said, I don't know if I'm going to be home. So in the next... Uh, 36 hours I flew from St. Louis I mean flew from Baltimore to uh to Philadelphia Philadelphia to Indianapolis Indianapolis to Chicago Chicago to Peoria and on Christmas Eve uh morning um I got into uh from Peoria and got a flight finally into St. Louis when the uh airports opened up it's now about two o'clock in the morning I don't have a way to get home uh, from the airport, which is about a half hour away from my house. Don't want to wake my parents up at uh, that time of the morning. Ran into a friend uh, who was uh, coming in from Columbia, Missouri, uh, who had flown in. His dad was picking him up. Uh, said, sure, we'll give you a ride. So we uh, jumped in the, the van uh, with all my luggage. I was in dress blues, uh, the most formal of uh, Navy uniforms at that time. And uh, he drove me almost all the way home. What he failed to tell me is when he got to my street, which is Christopher Drive, which is about two miles long, um, he said, oh, it's too bad to go down there in that small two-lane street. Um, I'm going to just drop you off here. So I had to take all my luggage, um, all my dress uniforms, uh, and drag it for two miles in the snow, getting home about 4.30 in the morning, uh, pulling my stuff up to the door, knocking on the door, 
um, waking my mom up and she was so happy to see me crying and uh, put the coffee on. The lights and the trees were, were on because it was still dark. A uh, very special time. Uh, very, uh, very long adventure to get home, but a very special time and a very special year for Christmas. Sounds like for Kurt, it was a little legwork before things worked out. But sometimes things work out and dreams come true with nothing more than the magic of Christmas. Or maybe just coincidence. I'll let you decide for yourself, but I have a feeling I know what Bambi in South Carolina thinks. My children were young. They were at the right age to enjoy Christmas and participate in everything. I was having so much fun watching them and living through Christmas through their eyes. Um, They brought joy to me and other people who were seeing them because they were just such joyous little things. And we went to the mall to see Santa Claus and they sat in his lap and we took pictures and they told him what they wanted. And I was just overcome with the Christmas spirit. And I don't know why I did this, but when I was picking my youngest child up out of his lap, I leaned over and whispered in Santa Claus's ear and I said, and Santa Claus, I would like a nativity scene with all of the animals. And he just looked up at me and smiled and said, okay. And so I was smiling to myself after that as we were walking out of the mall. I was thinking about that I'd probably shock Santa and Santa probably thinks I'm crazy. Um, I was going to get a practical gift I knew. I was expecting something like a new pair of jeans. And but on Christmas morning, I had a gift from my mom. And it was a nativity scene with all of the animals. And I was so happy. And I'm, I'm very thankful to my mom. And I would like to say Merry Christmas to everyone. And I'm, thank you, Santa. If you're out there, you cheered me up that year. Now, if there's anything about Christmas that you could consider a negative, I guess it's that it occurs right during flu season. Nobody likes to be sick in general, and certainly not during the most wonderful time of the year, but it does happen, just like it did to Savannah in South Carolina. This is the story of last Christmas when I was very sick. My stepmom and grandma were driving me through the lights at our local park, but no one remembered that my gymnastics was singing and dancing there. So my grandma and stepmom tried so hard to distract me to not let me see my friends. But I finally saw my friends and said, but that is Corinne, but that is Addie. I begged and begged and they felt so bad and they finally let me go when I got out of the car, I danced in front of the stage and waved at my friends. It was so cold and I was so sick that that I almost barfed. So I got back in the car and said, you were right, It is. it was too cold. Thanks for listening, Merry Christmas. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Savannah may be the first child ever to submit a Christmas memory. I'll have to go back and double-check, but if she is, that's kind of a big deal, so thanks, Savannah. Well, let's wrap this episode up. Earlier this year, I hung a few stockings up by the fireplace. The first one was one that my mom made for me back in 1974, and yes, I still have it and put it up every year. 
The second was a replica of the first one, which I made for my wife when we started dating. And the third one was one that I made this year for Baby Dashiell, who arrived just in time for Christmas. Making a Christmas stocking is not only fun and crafty, but at least in our family, it's a way to welcome someone into the family and share the magic of Christmas. And that's something that Abigail in Massachusetts can relate to. Hi there, my name is Abby, and I'm from Cape Cod, the arm of Massachusetts. I grew up as an only child with a remarkable single mother, and holidays of all sorts have always been important in our household. One of our many traditions is listening to this podcast as we travel for the holidays. We've been doing so since the beginning. My mother is an incredible sewer, and made beautiful stockings for herself, my late father, and I, which I cherish to this day. This year, she will be helping me make a pair of stockings for my girlfriend and I to welcome her into the family. Happy holidays, everyone. And what a wonderful way to wrap this episode up. I hope you've enjoyed listening to these Christmas memories just as much as I have, and I'd like to thank John, Chris, Gerald, Claudia, Kurt, Bambi, Savannah, and Abigail for sharing them with the rest of the Christmas Past family. Now remember, you can still send me one of yours to appear in an episode that comes up later in the season. Just record a voice memo into your phone and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it reasonably short, clean and family-friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Now I hope you have some wonderful plans in store for the rest of this Christmas season, and you and I will meet again soon for more Christmas memories and more of the backstories behind your favorite Christmas traditions. Until then, let me remind you as always that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. You can get in touch anytime, and I sure wish you would because I love hearing from you. You already have my email address, but you can also reach out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you haven't yet joined the private Christmas Past Facebook group, come on by today. We're celebrating all season long and well beyond. And hey, if you're feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover this show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are both quick and painless ways to show your support, they don't cost anything, and they really do make a big difference. So it's kind of like spreading Christmas cheer. And if you do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll even send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details on that. Until we meet again, stay safe and healthy, look out for one another, and may your days be merry and bright.